Welcome to the board. Listeners and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me today on the show, the one and only Casey Allen, also of PewterReport.com. And we are, we, we've got lots to bring you down and talk about on this show, JC, because Carlton Davis was just placed on IR by the box. Kind of expected this and knew it might be coming a little bit. But then when it hadn't happened for a little while, we were getting, we were starting to get our hopes up. Um, we still have kind of no idea how long he'll be out, and hopefully we can get some clarification uh, tomorrow when Bruce Arians is available. But we're going to talk about that and the ripple effect that will come from that designation. We'll also discuss at length Bucks and Dolphins and get into this matchup and why I think – I'm speaking for myself. I'll let you speak for yourself later. That this one could be uh, – yeah, it could be very much in the Bucks' favor when it's all said and done, J.C. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's there's a couple of points that I can't wait to make about this team and about maybe a possible slow start for this game as well. Um, hmm. But I mean, the big news right now is Carlton Davis and you know <laughs> Bruce Aaron. Well, Dodge actually, Club. the big news, JC, is checks mix. Which uh, item goes out of checks mix? If I, you had to choose, that's the, I, been the big talking point in the TL, and we've both taken some <laughs> unnecessary heat, in my opinion. I say, but I see it's pretzels. I throw the whole bag out. Buy me a bag of munchies or or some unless it's muddy buddies. I'm not on, in on checks. I mean, I'm, unpopular opinion, but give me the. I'm gonna actually go the opposite. Give me the pretzels and the breadsticks. Look, Get rid of the, the people in the chat are already getting after us. Don't you disparage <laughs> pretzels? Josh says. Listen, pretzels are clearly. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that I eat checks. I don't eat checks mix very often, so I'm not saying it's a tier one snack or anything. Although bold party checks mix. That's different, JC. Like, if you've never had bold party checks mix, that's game changer for real, for real taste and flavor. And it's awesomeness. <laughs> but I, I still haven't eaten in years. But if you have to eat it, you got to agree. You got to agree that pretzels are the worst part, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't even hate I'm all not, pretzels, but they're the worst part of checks mix. I'm not a guy who goes out and like eats pretzels, you know, all the time, but you know, I don't mind pretzels I'm, and I'm probably really? going to eat the pretzels and breadsticks first before I even eat the checks or the rye, you know? So, but wow. yeah, bold party. I understand. I'll, I'll definitely give you bold parties. Definitely better, but I'm not a huge checks mix. Give me a bag of munchies, a trail, good trail mix or like some muddy buddies, you know, I'll take some muddy buddies with checks. That's for sure. I don't know if you know what those are. Had those? Oh, before. Muddy Buddies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, again, like I don't, I don't eat them very often, but, I, I, yeah, I, I think that they taste great. Yeah, uh, Cameron agrees with you though. Chex Mix does nothing for him. My wife says terrible take. Roast him. She wants me gone <laughs> for the pretzel steak. It, it has been a day long feud in the house over oh, the pretzel wow. steak. I had no idea this was a strongly held belief in this household. Was that? But you know, <laughs> well, you know what, what is she remove? What did she remove? She, yeah, that's a good question. T- Britt, type in the chat what you want to remove from the checks mix and let, let us know what you would take. You have to take something. I'm not even saying this is like the worst food in the world, but if you're taking something out, I mean, come on. I mean, now she's getting more love on the pod than I am. That's, of course, yeah, that's to be expected. Both pretzels of course, are going, thanks, or are you keeping one or the other? What's that? What's what pretzels uh, going? Both of them, or well, th- there's more of more pretzel with the square pretzel, right? So you take that one out and you leave yeah. the circle pretzel because there's less pretzel. So yeah. just by that seems to make logical sense to me if you're taking pretzels out. But uh, <laughs> William Butler with the, <laughs> the William Butler with the five dollars super chat. He, William Butler was getting after you, Jason. I heard show. him. I heard him. But he I, gives yeah. these five dollars chats when you're around. So, yeah, hey, that's perfect. Keep them coming, William Butler. I'll take the roast right. for the good of the for the good of the brand. <laughs> oh, she's actually taking the checks out. <laughs> no, you can't do that. She's it's not even che- it's checks mixed. <laughs> Is she taking the checks you... out or the entire thing? She's getting rid of it too. I don't think you could take the checks out. Like I would. Yeah. So maybe she just wants no checks mix at all. Like, like you, like just yeah. no bag whatsoever. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. You know what else is interesting? The fact that we can all agree that Celsius is awesome. Peach vibe is the flavor that I'm rocking today. I told people yesterday on the show, got a new, Oh, you got the jackfruit. Who got you that? I got, 
I got the jackfruit courtesy oh. of the Ledyard family. They don't That's like right. it, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. am loving the jackfruit. I think it's great. So they also snuck yeah. in a couple of those blueberry pomegranate Matt talks about so often. Mm-hmm. And those I did know. I did not know I had a couple of those. And then I sent a few your way. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Those, those are, are good ones. Hard to find. Yeah. But if you don't know people, Celsius is literally the best tasting energy drink out there. Go to Celsius.com. You can look up different flavors that they have. Amazing about it is that not only is it great tasting, there's no sugar in it and there's no crash like you get with other energy drinks. So just check it out. Uh, if you've ever looked in the chat on this show, if you've ever watched the show before, you've seen other people comment and be like, oh, this is, yeah, this is amazing and, and say what their favorite flavors are. So, you know, maybe ask the group and see what some flavors are you should try. I'll recommend Peach Vibe. I'll recommend Wildberry, Tropical Vibe. You've got the jackfruit, blueberry, pomegranate. Those are all good flavors. You can go to Celsius.com, use the store locator, find out where they are by you. Also, do not forget about the Celsius protein bars, the fast protein bars. These things are unbelievable. White chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch. Caramel peanut crunch is the more chocolatey looking one there. And then the white chocolate cookie or cookies and cream is on there as well. And both of these are amazing. We just got a couple more boxes in our house. We have, I think we've eaten through like, it's way too many boxes in the last month or so. I mean, we both skipping lunch to eat protein bars because it's 20 grams of protein and one gram of sugar. It's filling. It tastes great. And it's not bad for you at all. It's just like feels like a cheat code and it kind of is. So check out the fast protein bars. If you click the link down in this YouTube description, it'll take you to a spot. You can buy those, purchase them for yourself, get a variety pack, get some of both. If you like to try both, they're both ex- excellent in my opinion. Um, I go back and forth between which one I like more. And so uh, make sure you check those out as well. All right. I know there's some people in the chat that are starting to get frustrated probably because here we are talking about checks mix and, and, you know, food and probably people are getting hungry. And let's talk about the box a little bit here, JC and Carlton Davis is placed on injured reserve. I talked to a physical therapist friend of mine and, you know, obviously he doesn't know the situation at all. So I was just getting an idea because I was very confused yesterday. Bruce Arian said it was just a pulled quad and he acted like it was no big deal. And then he also said, yeah, then he also said Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting, you can't see either of them being back for a while. So like, I just don't know if any pulled muscles that like would keep an NFL player out for, I would, I think, well, I think for sure to energy reserve, no chance to be back in the next month. And to me, like pulled muscles, that typically isn't the timetable. So I asked him about it. He said, you know, poles can be a lot of different things, you know, partial, t- they can be like little bit, little tears or, you know, partial tears, maybe even that can heal themselves. And some partial tears are more partial than others and they require surgery. And what we need to find out tomorrow from Bruce Arians is whether Carlton Davis is going to need surgery or not. If he's yeah. need surgery, yike. If he's not going to need surgery, he could be back at some point this season, depending on how that heals. So we'll just have to see, but that is going to be one to, to get more information on. So everybody stay tuned to peterreport.com. Tomorrow afternoon, we get to talk to Bruce Arians and hopefully get uh, some more insight from him on those injuries. Um, For now, what we know is Carlton Davis will miss the next three games at least. That means, based on the information we know now, JC has a chance to be back for the Saints game. He'll be out for the Dolphins game, the Eagles games, the Bears game. Chance to be back for the Saints game. We'll see if it happens. Still seems probably like a long shot to me, but again, not knowing the extent of things, hard to say. Um, So what are your thoughts on this cornerback room in the wake of – losing Davis and Murphy bunting for the foreseeable future. Well, I mean, it's just, it's injury after an injury after injury, you know, thankfully Jamel Dean's been practicing this week and, you know, he might be a guy who could be ready to go, but if he's not, I mean, this week you're relying on guys like Richard Sherman with more than three weeks, uh, three days of practice, rather Ross Cockrell, D Delaney, Pierre Desir, and probably Rashad Robinson gets called up. They do have an open spot on the roster. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that, but yeah, SMB, uh, Bruce said three to six weeks. If he's nowhere near a return, that leads me to believe it's going to be closer to six weeks. Uh, same timetable, Carlton Davis. But if Carlton Davis can somehow make it back for that Saints game, mm-hmm. you know, he's got his son to guard, to match up against potentially in, in Michael Thomas. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got that. He's is, can Thomas be back by then? I don't think Thomas is back till November. Is that November? Is, that is November. Yeah. So November. No, October 31st. Yeah, it's right there. So, I mean, that's right right on the cusp. They said the first, you know, six weeks of the the season, you know, then they'll reassess it. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough and and it's going to take real good, uh, a real good 
game plan and scheming uh, for Todd Bowles to kind of hide some of these deficiencies. Luckily for them, they're not going up against, you know, the murderers row of wide receivers they did against the Cowboys or, or the Rams or anything like that. These next coming weeks, especially with quarterbacks as well, uh, it puts them in, in a bit of a better position to, you know, maybe do some things schematically where they can hide some of their deficiencies. I still think if mm-hmm. you have, you know, a burner on your team, that's one and you can, block long enough to get him i think you'll see some teams try to take some downfield shots and some of these slower cornerbacks if dean's not playing so it's definitely a concern uh but there's really nothing you can do stefan gilmore did not, never hit the free agent market and there's really nobody else out there besides right. richard sherman that you can bring in so it's just you know um bringing up a guy like rashad robinson who's played yeah. mostly on special teams as your fifth cornerback relying on what you got whenever you yeah whenever you face this kind of injury like losing your top two corners to injury any team in the league this is a bad situation to be in and not a common situation to be in and a difficult situation to get yourself out of because just the reality is the play drop of that position that's one of the most important positions on a team and the bucks know that they flooded it with draft picks like jason light recognizes that so in my opinion I can't imagine a team preparing themselves better to be able to weather a storm than the Bucs, even what they've done going and getting Richard Sherman, getting Pierre Desir. It doesn't mean the results will be perfect or even great or even good. You know, it doesn't mean that. It just means that in terms of what they could control and what they could bring in, it's hard to envision a better path, a more realistic better path for the team than what they're on right now. That's why I'm like, yeah, there's no criticism here for me in terms of the way they've handled this. They've been aggressive. They haven't waited. They've been proactive to get guys in. Uh, they're teaching guys well, you know, and for all we want to talk about the Bucks being the 32nd ranked pass defense, JC, we're going to talk about this more at length when we talk about uh, the matchup with the Dolphins, but we can talk as much about as them being giving up 327.5 passing yards per game. But that is a hollow statistic to me. Oh, yeah. I know people will say, oh, that's worse than the league, blah, blah, blah. But what they are, are supposed also getting, to do? Yeah, but they are getting passed on yeah. at a rate higher than every other team by a significant margin. Yes. So obviously there will be more yardage given up. So I think that context is really important. You see these tweets go out from these major NFL.com and ESPN and PFF although there's usually more more nuanced and bleach report and it says the bucks are last in pass defense after shutting down patrick mahomes last year in the super bowl blah 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 that's just bad bad statistical work in my opinion that doesn't mean i think the bucks have been great against the pass like i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that that isn't the proper context what you're looking at is the degree to which they've been beat up Past compared to how often they've been passed against. And the reality is that the Bucks right now across the league, if you look at the yards per pass attempt, 7.3, that's tied for 15th in the NFL. So it's not great. It's not horrible. But per attempt, they are still doing better than most teams in the NFL or than almost more teams in the NFL. So that's the very important, all right, our team's killing you when they throw the football. Well, they're not killing you. It's about league average, you know, where, what they're doing when they throw the football against you. And we know the Bucs are the best run defense in the league. That's still statistically true by a significant margin, but he's even close. Um, so I don't think it's – this isn't the worst pass defense in the league. That's what I'm trying to say. That's my no. Point. No, I completely agree. I mean, you, you can't teams can't run the ball. The Patriots are held to negative one rushing yards as the total. They've let up less than fifty yards a game to 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 opposing rush rush offenses. You can't do anything but pass the ball. So of course those numbers are going to be skewed. And what mm-hmm. you mentioned, the yard per average, is really a more telling stat for this team. Um, plus, I mean, you you can never really you don't want to make excuses for injuries, John. Ever. But I mean, you you lost three of your cornerbacks, and you're relying on you know guys who you know like Ross Cockrell to step up and be your number. D. Delaney, Arians man crush, and then you're bringing in other guys off the street and saying, "Hey, step in." Dear Desir, uh, Rashad Robinson, and, and mm-hmm. Sherman, who are rounding out your cornerback group right now, weren't playing football when the season started. So, I mean, you got to really look at you got to take a deeper dive into it than just what the numbers say. And you know, that's what that's what we're doing here right now. Just giving you guys right. facts. So when someone says to you on Twitter, "Oh, they're the worst pass defense," you can point to these things and, and kind of right. tell them. What's what? And none of this means that they're good or good enough in past events. None of this is saying the corners get an A plus grade for the. Like, that's not what we're saying. Carlton. We're just providing context to it's not an F, and here's why. 
doesn't mean that it's an A+. Plus. I Sometimes people equate them. Oh, you said their pass defense was fine. So, like, if Jacoby Brissett goes out and puts 300 up, you know, people, oh, you said they were great. We didn't say that. We're just saying that it's not as bad as what is out there right now in terms of the numbers because we've not seen this kind of skew run pass. I was even researching it some. This is a rare skew in terms of how much a team is being passed against, and it comes from really a pretty historic dominance against the run, and, and we'll discuss that as well as we get into this matchup. Want to get to one thing, question here. From, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the crazy thing is Carlton Davis was playing at an elite level too, one of the top cornerbacks yep. in the league too. So it wasn't right. even it wasn't even as much him as everybody else mm-hmm. in that secondary who was facing the brunt of, of you know the damage. Yeah, it's weird because, yeah, Sean Murphy Bunting played a quarter and a half and was really bad in that quarter and a half. Jamel Dean struggled in the Cowboys game, but then was good the next week, then yes. got hurt at the beginning of the Rams game, so we don't even really know from him. And Ross Cockrell was bad in week one and then better in week two and then great the last two weeks. I mean, huge. He was great uh, the last two weeks, really, like against the Rams. Whenever, but, you know, when other people were struggling, you know, that people forget that sometimes the the – they forget a couple things, in my opinion. When it's run defense, they just credit the interior D-line. They don't even credit edge guys that much. They just – interior D-linemen always get the credit. You know, and that's important, but there's – corners play the run. Jordan Whitehead's been one of their best run defenders. They've been yes. better against the run since Jordan Whitehead came back, significantly better statistically and just watching the tape because he's back in the fold and he's really, really, really good against the run. So there's a lot of layers that I think are really important to, to get into as well because you're thinking yeah. about all these, okay, well – you know, there's more positions than just the main. And I think it's the same thing against the pass. When when teams see you're bad against the pass, oh, the secondary must suck or the corners must suck. Well, the linebackers have given up a lot in coverage because of the way that they're used. In this defense, Levante David and Devin White drop so deep and then rally up to the football. So you're going to give up yardage. I like to see that happen. I'd like to see what those numbers are too. Like we know, you know, the what the underneath stuff is and what's what's on the corners and what's on the linebackers yeah. and, and what's on, you know, I'd love to see. Yeah, and PFF things. has a lot of that, at least the way they grade it. But even that needs context, right? Like yeah. Levante David gives up a 17-yard reception, but he's clearly picked. It's clearly <laughs> offensive pass interference at yeah. the end of the last game. How do you you can't you know hold that yardage against him? And there could be several plays like that. There's a trick play, and you know the touchdown. I don't know who the touchdowns on the other day to John. I watched it ten times. And how you know whether it's David or Kevin Minter that's supposed to have him? You know, yeah. I would assume it's Minter. PFF assumed it's David. They had him for it. So that's what I mean. Sometimes you you don't get all of it from the numbers. You got to watch guys consistently over a long period of time and kind of draw conclusions from that. Jordan with a good question here before we get into the kind of previewing this matchup a little bit. He says, John, after looking at the tape, what did the Patriots do to take away Chris Godwin last week? Something you anticipate Flores to try to duplicate? Yeah, this was really cool aspect of this matchup because i think all of us kind of nailed this going into we you know we what did i say to you i think it was you or somebody was on the show with last week i was like belichick typically takes away the thing that you do the best and the most and it couldn't be just like take away the passing attack it's too general <laughs> yeah. but it's you know take the middle of the field throws to chris godwin it's kind of like the you know it's been a very stable reliable part of this offense so yeah that's what he focused on doing if you watch the tape he put like dropped like when he dropped underneath coverage, they went four like in, four guys in between the hashes. Yeah. Like it was condensed, and you couldn't throw in the middle of the field, so they pushed the ball out wide. And you know Brady adjusted, and made, but Godwin basically served as the decoy all game, kind of. You know that yeah. was his role basically. He was pulling coverage and getting guys out of zones and opening things up for other people. And honestly, he played really, really well. And then when they put yeah. him on the outside and asked him to win one on one, he did that too, JC. Especially that drive before the end of the first half. So. Mm. Even those statistics don't necessarily – I mean, he had three catches, 55 yards, and they were really important grabs. But he played a really good game that I think uh, you people probably won't realize unless they watch the tape. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew that's exactly what Belichick was going to do. He was going to say, JC, yeah. here's your matchup. Take Mike Evans and let's figure out – I wasn't sure if they're going to double him or if they were just going to have safety help over the top. But they were – like you said, it was really unique on what they did to, to limit him and limit his availability. And um, yeah. that's what Belichick's going to do. And and to answer the second part of the question, yeah. I mean, Flores is – this is a guy who – and I don't want to jump too too far into to the, the Dolphins talk, but this is a guy who is from that tree who has – Brady said it over 15, 1,500 practices against them. So I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see some similarities in this last week and this week. Definitely for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, an interesting matchup in a lot of ways because it's funny, going to be funny to see how closely they play to the way that the Patriots play. Um, that'll be something that we get into for sure. We're talking some statistics here, JC. And if you want to maybe do a little – 
you don't know, a little betting maybe on some statistics, throw down a little bit of money on some of these these pickums. Uh, you, you can do that over at Underdog Fantasy. You, on Underdog, you can select over or under on player stat lines, get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. Get a pick five correct, and you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download their app, sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick'em slip in seconds. They're going to give you a free $10 when you sign up and make your first deposit. So download the Underdog Fantasy app, sign up with that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get uh, your free $10 today when you sign up uh, to play. So you can do that. Also, if you're into some of these other sports, there's awesome stuff to do. NBA, NHL, there's all that kind of stuff over there as well. Those leagues are those uh, leagues are starting up really soon, and I'm very excited for that. And the best ball league, the mid-season yes. best ball league, is closing on October 14th. So get in there. It's almost it's more than halfway filled right now. It's ten dollars to get in on that, and they give you ten dollars when you sign up, and you've got a chance to win big money when you sign up for this. So use the ten dollars they give you. Get in there. Spend some money and uh, win some money too, hopefully. Yeah, they also got a cool thing called Rivals as well, where they pit uh, two of the opposing players of each team up and give them a yards total and whichever one. And uh, it's really cool. And I saw Chris in the comments mention to make sure online sports betting is legal. That's the best part about it is it's it's a loophole and it's not betting. So you don't even have to make sure it's legal in your state. Go in and have a blast. And again, you get $10 for free. Just for yeah. signing up. So and there are a couple states that it's not that it doesn't work in, I think, still, but they are getting to that point where they can get in all of them. But yeah, there are a few states that it won't if you're if you live there. But Florida's not one of them. So if you live in Florida, you're good. Uh Harrison with the five dollar super chat. Harrison, really appreciate that, man. Don't recognize Harrison being in the chat. So maybe a new person. I don't know. Is Harrison a new listener? That'd be awesome, Harrison. We're pumped to have you on. Thank you uh for the five dollar super chat. Very kind of you. Is Todd Bowles playing a man a blitz heavy man scheme so he can save his more effective zone schemes for later in the season. So, so far this year, Harrison, Todd Bowles is blitzing way more than anybody else in the league. Not even close. Uh, 81 blitzes leads the league. This is according to pro football reference. So some of these aren't blitzes. They're just five man rushes. Um, and, and so they it could be any, could be five down defensive linemen, you know, like it isn't base for them. So, but anyway, five man rushes, he's leading the league by far 81 to 56 was set tied for second as the dolphins actually 56. So it's not even close in terms of how many five man rushes he's sent compared to everybody else. They are actually one of the lower percentage man coverage teams in the league this year. Small, I mean, only four games. So we're talking about a small sample, but then if you move to, if you look at their zone percentages, they're way higher in zone last two weeks though, more man coverage, we could see maybe a move in that direction a little bit. I don't know if it'll happen this week with Jacoby Brissett struggles, but I don't know. We'll see what he does uh, moving forward, especially given the fact that he's replacing basically his <laughs> defensive backfield this week. Um, so, yes, later in the season, though, you're going to see some, some – I'm sure based on his track record from last year at least, you might see him pull out some new things uh, at that point in time. Uh, okay, let's talk about when Miami has the football here. So – Miami has the football, JC. Very few good things have happened <laughs> this season. This no. is a horrible offensive football team by any measure you look at. We are just four games in, so you never want to take off the table things that could change. Or, But the questions they fielded this week are, should we move on from our play caller? Should we change play caller? They have co-offensive coordinators. <laughs> I don't believe, based on the research I did, that anybody knows who exactly calls the plays? Nobody does. Yeah, so it's like a mystery <laughs> deal, like where like one of these guys is calling it, or they're both calling it, or they're switching, or one of them's calling runs, one calling. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, they, so there's that. There's the fact that two of their starting quarterback is injured again, and he's out. And the, you know, when he's yeah. played, it's been kind of wonky. Now Jacoby Brissett's in at quarterback. We'll get to some of his numbers in a little bit, but just off the top, JC, the Dolphins are 31st in points per game. They are 31st in yards per game. They are 30th in passing yards per game, and they are 28th in rushing yards per game, including, just because we don't want to look at those raw numbers, let's look at efficiency as well. They're 32nd in yards per attempt per pass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so when they throw, they are dinking it. No question about it. And when they run, it's 27th in yards per rush this year. So even when you look at those efficiency numbers, it doesn't get any better. The Dolphins are bad 
at everything an offense should be good at. Yeah, including scoring, 31st in scoring. So they're they're right there at the bottom of the league and everything. It's, it, you know, when you have quarterback injuries um, and, and two head <laughs> – <laughs> Two offensive coordinators who are calling the plays. It's hard to get anything going. Yeah. Uh, they've they've had some injuries. Will Fuller obviously, uh, you know, opened the season on suspension. Now he's out on IR with a finger in- injury. Uh, so they just haven't really been able to get anything going, get the ball moving at all. Whether it's on the ground, whether it's to the air, they have seven touchdowns as a team. One of them was a defensive touchdown, and no one has more than one touchdown. So it, it's been difficult for them to get in the end zone. They've had red zone struggles. Um, it's it's the, the, their one saving grace, right? And, and you mentioned this earlier today was red zone efficiency, but mm-hmm. they're they're um, they've been there the least amount of times besides the Jets. So those numbers right. are skewed. Those numbers are skewed too. So yeah, it's it's really tough to to expect this Dolphins offense to get the ball moving. That offensive line has been really really atrocious. One of the worst in the league. Let up every every uh, offensive lineman last week let up a pressure. Uh, their right tackle mm-hmm. led up two sacks. Uh, so against this, and if JPP is able to go against this Bucks, uh, this Bucks front seven, they really should be able to, I think, have a have a fun day going up against mm-hmm. this offensive line. Jacoby Brissett. But we kind of said the same thing about other other teams as well, like the Falcons, and they struggle getting home. But I just uh, you, you combine the quarterback and the offensive line, I think this Bucks defensive line should be able to get there because it's just been yeah. it's been bad for them. Right. And Bowles is going to blitz the heck out of Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, you know, if you look at his time, to th- if you look at his track record in the NFL, his time, to th- he's taken a lot of sacks in his career. He's actually doing a little better in that regard, a little better under pressure than he typically has. But that's such a fluid thing, right? You could, you I mean, they haven't even played that many tough teams. And, you know, they're out here fl- kind of floundering a little bit. But I mean, even if you look at his average time to throw, Amongst quarterbacks this year is twenty second, two point nine seconds. You know he's, he's taking still been some sacked. time. Nine sacks. Yeah, though, yeah, he, right, right. So it's not even that's not even you know it's not even a number in his favor overall. The Dolphins have been sacked thirteen times, and you count Tua, twenty ninth in the NFL. Um, so it's so it's been just a horrible situation in every way you can possibly imagine. The Dolphins are averaging four yards per play. That's dead last in the NFL. So that's Bad. per play. So that's like bad. one play could be like a huge, could help that a huge, but like the bucks, for example, are ninth in yards per play on offense. So four is just really a kind of a sad number. They, and they're without Will Fuller. They're without the regular starting quarterback. Now we'll see, uh, we'll get to, let's get to the injury report really quickly, just as we talk about this, but on offense, it looks like other than that, they'll be pretty close to full strength. Devontae Parker has been a limited participant both the last two days, Adam Shaheen was a limited participant yesterday and their tight end and then moved up to full participant this week. So we'll see. But Parker is a guy they'll really need. He's their leading receiver. Yep. Jalen Waddle, the rookie, Barely. has kind of struggled a little bit to start. I think also the way he's being used is kind of absurd and crazy. One, but the know. one thing about Waddle is the most he's got 200 yards this year, 111 of them came after the catch. So it's going to be very important for the Bucks to wrap up and tackle this, the, you know, the, the rookie. Uh, because yeah. he, he can move after the, once he gets the ball in his hand. Right. And uh, the Bucks are actually second to last, 31st, I should say, in the NFL in, in yards after catch allowed. So yeah. it's been a huge struggle for them. I should say it's been a struggle with missed tackles. Some of that, again, is volume. Like when you throw as teams throw and throw as short as much as teams do against the Bucks, there's going to be yards after catch. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to happen. You don't have a lot of like, oh, downfield throw immediately as he catches it, he's hit like you do with most downfield passing. So there's some context needed there too, but yeah, Dolphins, even despite all that, what did you say? 111 yards for Jalen Waddle? Uh, after the catch, after yeah. the catch, right? 200 he, total. Yeah. Yeah. So they have 247 total yards after the catch as a team this year. So he is basically their yeah. yak guy. That's, that's 31st in the NFL. So even in terms of yards after catch, they're not a good team. They, like, they, they have 1201 yards total combined offense between running backs and wide receivers this year. It's just yeah. through four I think games. If, yeah. I think if you took a full game, any of the bucks, pick any of the four full games for the bucks and just eliminated it, pretended like it didn't happen, gave the bucks three games and the <laughs> dolphins four games, the bucks would have more yardage. I looked at yeah. that today. They'd have more total yardage still than the dolphins this season. So That's crazy. Yeah. We're talking about a unit that is really struggling. The one thing I'll say, there's nothing statistically to, to say or in their favor. The one thing I will say, Josh, is that, they do actually have some talented players. Like yes. Devontae Parker is a good is a jump ball guy. He's not a great separator, but 
you know, against this secondary still finding their way. Yeah, he can he can definitely make plays. And Jalen Waddle can run by anybody and produce a splash play if they ever decide to use him that way. He's averaging eight yards per catch, which is just so disgusting. And and it's how they are playing offense, not his fault. But Mike Gusecki is a very talented tight end. I mean, he's a great pass catcher. Again, a lot of contested catch guys. Even Waddle, who's smaller, is, has been a great go up and get it type of guy. So the way they're using all these guys makes no sense. They're all vertical threats and they don't, they're not, they're like averaging their a dot is like the lowest in the league. So the whole thing's a train wreck, but they have talent. If they just suddenly like went, you know what, we're going to scrap what we've been doing. We're going to go do something else, which they could do. Right. Cause it's gone yes. so poorly. That's the, that's the downside with teams that have been so bad. When you get them about this point, it's been a month into the season. They could be like, you know what, we're going to throw this out, throw this out. You've prepared for that. Now we're going to put this and this in, and you'd never seen this, you know? So that's another part of this, right? That could be like, okay, you know, they, they, this is, you know, challenging for us because we didn't prepare for this, but, you know, this is. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's what they're going to want to do too, right? Like I mentioned earlier, if Dean can't go and you've got those slower cornerbacks on the field, you're going to want to get Jalen Wallace. You want to want to get him behind the defense and get him deep. You're going to want to. I think this is another game that we see Gasecki and Gaskin, who are, who's a good patch, uh, pass catching back in himself, get those guys on matchups against Devin White. You know, not to say Devin White uh, has been atrocious, but he's definitely had some struggles in coverage. And, and I think that's the way you're going to use him. Whether you're using him down the field, whether you're using him underneath, I think those those are the those are the two main things out because you're probably not going to be able to run the, against against his team. Let's just yeah. say, say what it is. You know, you, you got to get, if you get Waddle matched up on, on Sherman, you gotta, you gotta have someone block long enough to get a, get a couple shots down the field mm-hmm. with them. And you gotta be able to get those matchups on, on Devin white, uh, with right. the tight end and the running back to be able to take advantage of that. So yeah. And big MGM says, you know, mentions Will Fuller here along with the receiving core, but Will Fuller's not playing in this game. He's on injured reserve. He just got placed on injured reserve. So it is Parker Waddle and Gasecki for this one. And Albert Wilson will play as well. Here's the, the other part of this, we talk about what if they just suddenly started saying we're going to air it out. Brissett has a big arm, but he just doesn't, doesn't throw deep. Time. I mean, he just he just doesn't, he doesn't throw down the, the field. Yeah, that's part of it. But he's also a guy in the past has just gunned it. Like I think he's if you watch him now, I was seeing what Cal Krabs, who covers the Dolphins a little bit, was putting up on social media, and he was just saying like, "There's dudes, and he just isn't pulling the trigger." And it's been like, <laughs> you know, he just isn't pulling the trigger on any throws. And like if you look this year, he's twenty. The percentage of his 20 plus air yard throws this year, 31st in the NFL. So, like, he's almost dead last. You know, that's like 35 of 34 quarterbacks, I think, that hit the qualifications. So, I mean, he basically at the bottom of the league in terms of attempting these throws in terms of percentages. He's had a couple when he's thrown them. He's four for nine on deep balls, and one of those, one he had one drop too. So, I mean, he, he's hit him okay when he's pulled the trigger, but he's just pulling the trigger at like a bottom of the league rate uh, in terms yeah. of throwing those deep. And that's the offense. Like their offense wants to pick you apart underneath. And I know that's, you know, that probably sounds scary to people given how the Bucs have surrendered offense, but it, I don't know, man. They don't have the guys, in my opinion, like to get this thing done without better coaching. Like they're not, yeah. these aren't transcendent type players. These are, players that with talent but not type of players that can survive and thrive no matter what situation they're in then you look at the offensive line you talked about them a little bit four of six of their other top six offensive linemen that have played this season um are graded 47 and below on pro football focus out of 100 that's very very bad even if we consider pff not gospel on these things which we do not um it doesn't take long in watching them or knowing their reputation or you know just it's not a very good offensive line like you know and Austin J, the first rounder left tackle match that I'm excited to see. Joe Tronchoinka. Even if JPP plays, I think Joe's Tronchoinka is probably playing a good bit. So that's one I want to see. I want to see Shaq Barrett and what he's able to do. And so, yeah, there is, there is just, this is such a mismatch up front. The Bucs need to dominate this game in the trenches. That's where it starts. Where everybody's going to talk about, oh, the corners and they've got some weapons. I mean, it don't matter, man, if they can get after these guys because Jacoby Brissett will take sacks. And the one thing too that you know I, I will say about that too is you got to play focused though, right? You got to make sure you're disciplined because this is a guy in Jacoby Brissett who, you know, Bruce called him more of a pocket passer that can move. He's got nine nine rushing first downs for the team throughout the, throughout the games that he's played in. So you know he mm-hmm. can't move it and move the sticks and, and get out there and, and keep drives alive. So you know you can't get too excited about a, cr- a crappy yeah. O line where you're not paying focus focused attention uh, attention on him as well. So that's yeah. one thing too. You Rush lanes. Him. Yeah, you yep. got to make sure you're containing him. Which Great competitor. I, very smart. 
Joe Tryon, which, you know, I, I think obviously, I mean, you, you proclaimed it a few weeks ago that he's probably the best one-on-one guy and he's just doing amazing things so far, even when he's not getting, he's getting more attention from other teams too, which is great mm-hmm. to see, but you know, he's a guy who I think could maybe uh, per second, maybe take advantage of it in those lanes as well to, to scramble for a first down and a third down. So he's got to make sure he's playing disciplined football. Yeah, and the Bucks, you know, they've done a pretty solid job defensively in the red zone. You mentioned it. That's the one category that Miami has a decent number in. They're 15th in the NFL in percentages, but we we said it. They've only been there eight times. Only the Jets have been there less with seven trips, so they've barely even gotten out point in the field. So even that's a victory for them, really. They can get to that area of the field for, for comparison. The Bucks have been there 18 times this season. That's near the top of the league in terms of red zone attempts. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a group that's really floundering, JC. They haven't made any major changes yet. Uh, Brian Flores said he likes the play calling this week, so he doesn't want to change anything. <laughs> Bold strategy, but um, <laughs> yeah. Bold <and> just, strategy, Cotton. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, Jacoby Brissett has four big-time throws, what PFF calls big-time throws. He's 27th in the NFL in that regard. Uh, you know, you've got turnover-worthy throws, seven percent has that's 25th in the nfl this year so he's going to put the ball in harm's way he's going to take sacks in the past he has been kind of a boomer bust guy he could have like a 300 yard three pick game it feels like this year he's trying to be really safe and it's causing him to hold the ball longer and he's always been kind of a you never have any idea what's coming on a given play type of player you know when when he has his best game you're early in his career you were like oh man this guy's all right and then there was tape on him and it was like all right we can yeah this guy's definitely beatable so I don't. I don't see them scoring more than seventeen points in this game. I, I don't. I just. Don't if they it. score seventeen points, I you know caveats like short fields and defensive touchdowns, special teams, yeah. touch, you know things like I that. Just, but it would be disappointing, I think, if they scored seventeen points. Yeah. I, yeah. I just. I. I don't see how they can do it. Like physically, looking at this roster, I just even right. with a banged up secondary, I just. I just don't see how they can do it. Yeah. It's gonna have to do uh, mistakes and penalties. Right. That's that's to me the best like if you if the Bucks beat themselves, right? We looked at penalties here real quick and it was you know 30 the Bucks 34 penalties this year. That's 31st in the NFL. 13 of those have been pre-snap. That's also 31st in the NFL. But the Dolphins aren't very good either. 27 yeah. penalties, 25th in the NFL. So even that's like, you know, counting on the Bucks to beat themselves, the Dolphins would have to also reverse typically are. And so that's, you know, again, it's Hard to find anything on paper that would say, oh, this is, you know, this is the path. This is how it happens uh, for the Dolphins yeah. in terms of offense. We'll flip script to the other side of the ball. But first, I want to talk to my friends about where you can bet on this game. If you're going to put down some money yeah. on this game, do it over at mybookie.ag. Where, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to put your money down at mybookie. The Cardinals have come out to a hot start. The Chiefs have as many losses as they did last year. All of last year, and with all the overs hitting and the dying seconds of a game, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Thankfully, my bookie's lock of the season has returned for the Las Vegas Seattle NHL opening night game. And when either team scores in the game, you win. When the land red, you get that. Wow. Take the easy win, pat yourself on the back, and use your winnings toward your NFL picks for week five and week six, which include a battle between two potential Super Bowl contenders. Season ER Pewter is the promo code, and you'll get your double your first deposit. That's promo code Pewter P E W T E R, so you can double your funds to winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, so probably having some connection difficulties here. <laughs> I'll check some things here real quick while we're having connection difficulties. Yeah, it's definitely John's connection, but I mean, we can move on to the defensive side of the ball for this Miami Dolphins. I'm not sure that's the route that he wanted to go, but the defensive side of the ball is not much better. A lot of people will point to the secondary that they have. Obviously, a couple Pro Bowl corners there in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, They kind of flip-flopped today on the injury report. Yesterday, it was Byron Jones on the injury report, limited, moved to a full uh, full participation 
Um, and then uh, Xavier Howard was full participation and moved over to limited. So uh, obviously we'll mo monitor those things. <laughs> Vaughn connection. Um, we'll obviously be uh, monitoring those things. But if any injury should pop up between those guys and force them to go into this game less than 100%, that's definitely going to be difficult. Definitely going to be difficult for um, – this Dolphins team to really contain a Bucks offense. So I think is really ready to break out on both sides of the ball, break out on defense, break out on offense, and really just have a heck of a game. John, we just started getting the, into the uh, Dolphins uh, defense real quick. I just talked about this, the the injury report with both of the Dolphins players, if you want to jump in. Um, but I, I was just saying, if, if either of those cornerbacks are, are limited in any way or, or not 100%, we, we could really see this this Bucks team really go off in a way I think we've all been expecting all year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's the matchup that I, if you look at this game just on paper, everybody's like, okay, this is the matchup maybe. Like that could be one that, you know, the Dolphins have maybe a, a different path to victory by having those guys make some plays. And so I think that, yeah, that's that's part of this, right? If you're looking at it from the Bucks offense perspective, it's like, okay, you guys got to take care of business too. You know, it's not not just the defense. Um, the things are on here. It's it, the offense has to take, do their job too. The Dolphins are certainly better defensively. It just hasn't led to much, JC. Like this is still, you know, they have all this talent, but man, it's just like hard to look at this and be like, oh, you know, this is the defense that everybody expected it to be. It's just hasn't been. No. It's been really disappointing. They've definitely been playing down to the competition, just playing down in general. I mean, I think this defense is a lot better than what we've seen. I think you look at the names on here. I think you look at what they did last year, and we could, they, they did lose a few players, you know, but they should not be playing this bad this year. Uh, you mentioned that they uh, are the, the team that blitzes the most tied for a second uh, behind the Buccaneers. Only have seven sacks to show for it. Uh, only one player, Brandon Jones, has multiple sacks, and that's a safety there for them. But you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on with this with this defense. You look at some of the stats and some of the numbers that they're allowing. Um, you know, their rush defense are they're 27th in the league, allowing 136 rushing game rushing yards per game. They are their saving grace stat is their 17th in pass defense, which with those mm -hmm. cornerbacks and some of that secondary, you know, you should be 251. Uh, but right back uh down near the bottom of the league in points scored with 27.3, 25th in the league. So it's it's um they, they've got to somehow turn it on because this defense is a lot better than I think that they're showing on, on so far this season. Yeah, I agree. It kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, offensively, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to matter because the Dolphins are so limited there. But it kind of scares me a little bit, JC, because I I do look at this defense and I say, man, this they should not be as bad as they've been. Like oh. they're well coached up front. I know they are. They're tough. You know, tough football team. They're very physical. They tackle well. They they're able to play man because they've got two quality corners. Neither of those guys have kind of played to their potential. But it's four games, and so you know you take it with a grain of salt. I don't think either guy's been horrible or anything. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Um, you know, I am very intrigued to see how they match up. Is is Howard going to shadow Mike Evans? You know, what happens in the slot? Eric Rowe has typically been the, the slot defender for them, as he was for New England. And now you've got – I mean, he's been probably the, one of their worst defenders this season. And, you know, he could be matched up with Chris Godwin. We'll see. And so, you know, if they play man as much as they have before, do they just do what New England did? Do they try to copy and paste? what new England tried to do, uh, you know, Paul Atwell and I've talked about this some, I don't, I don't think that was no. this amazing game plan. That's not that it was a bad game plan. It just was kind of risky. And I felt like the bucks, if they didn't have penalties and drops, you know, there would be another hundred yards up there. And then Brady's thrown for three sixty nine. I don't know if we call that a great day, <laughs> three trips inside the other team's 30 yard line. I don't know. I just think most of the time, you know, you follow that process, you're probably going to score way more than 19 points if you're the bucks. Um, so I just don't think anything that Miami can do is enough. Um, but they do have yeah, good players and they're deep up front. You know, they got plenty of people. Uh, no question about that. No one dominant player, but Christian Wilkins is having a good year. Defensive tackle McMillan. for them. What's that? McMillan? They're missing, yeah, they're missing him too. Right. But they've got uh, Jerome Baker who they gave a big contract to. And so, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team that isn't necessarily playing. They're playing okay, but not that great. And when the offense is bad as they are, the defense is going to be put in, in tough positions like they've been this season. You mentioned 25th and, points allowed and you know so you, they are actually kind of okay 
when it comes to the passing game statistically, but they're also rushed against one of the highest rates in the league. We talked about how nobody runs on the box, 31st in terms of attempts against on the ground. Dolphins are third in terms of attempts against on the ground. So this is a team that a lot of people have run on this season. And I wonder if the Bucs are going to think the same way, Jay-Z. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to give it a shot. I mean, definitely for sure. Uh, one thing I will say about this team is, uh, which scares me a lot, John. First, before I get into that, I want to say one thing. I, You know, Flores knows Brady. We talked about that. Brady talked about that over 1,500 practices probably. And you look at the on the side of the ball, a lot of players from New England up there, Landon Roberts, who I desperately wanted the Bucs to sign this offseason as that fourth linebacker. Great at special teams. You saw he's already taken one to the house as an interception for the team. And he can play inside, outside, multiple roles. I thought he'd be great. Only signed for like a million dollars, $1.1 million back to go back to Miami. Thought it would have been great. But you also have Eric Rowe. You have Justin mm-hmm. Coleman. You have Jason McCourty. There's just a litany of players who who have played against Brady and no Brady and the, the coach himself. You know, you're talking about Brian Flores. I could see – I could see this game Tampa getting off to a slow start. I could see uh, Flores throwing stuff out there to kind of confuse Brady a little bit. But, you know, first quarter maybe is, a, you know, maybe let the Miami hang around at 7-3 or 10-3 or something like that. And then they go on an offensive explosion. I really think it's going to happen. But I think that first quarter could be uh, could be difficult for Brady at first diagnosing before he can make some adjustments. The one thing I will say scare me, and this goes directly to you, Rojo, and directly to you, Leonard Fournette, uh, Miami Dolphins uh, are 13th in the turnover uh, ratio. They have two interceptions where they've been excelling so far this year is causing forced fumbles. They have six forced fumbles recovered four of them. They know how to pop the ball out. And one thing is you, you get your running backs out there, you know, God, you know, God forbid Keyshawn Bond sees some plays. Uh, Rojo, I, I just I'm really nervous about, you know, them being able to knock the ball out of some of these guys hands. And I'm hoping that they'll be doing some wet ball drills, even though, you know, it might rain. It might not rain, but sweat. I don't know. Just make sure you're doing some ball security drills. This is the Miami Dolphins team that's going to get after them. They're going to try to punch them out. And they've been successful doing it through four games so far. So. Yeah, would have been a great transition into a Manscaped ad read, but we don't have Manscaped today, so we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we'll bypass the opportunity. Uh, we'll get to some of these super chats here. Harrison wants to know, uh, do we think Brady will attack Justin Coleman in the Miami secondary? Harrison, we appreciate the $5 super chat. Uh, maybe Justin Coleman hasn't played a ton compared to these other guys in the secondary. It'll depend on the status of um, their starters a little bit. I will say this, though, they play a ton of DBs. That's, you know, Patriots did the same thing, right? I don't think they played any snaps and base at all the other day. And the Dolphins will probably do the same thing based on how they've used their personnel this season. They'll play three safeties. They'll play six corners. So, yeah, running the ball is going to be something that the Bucs try to do again. There's no question. When they see that kind of a front, that's what they want to do. I think the Patriots are better at defending the run um, out of those lighter boxes or lighter personnel, I should say, um, than Miami is. But, Still going to be, yeah, I hate it whenever the Bucs are in a team against a team where they say, yeah, we're going to run the ball because <laughs> they just, even against six DBs on the field, five <laughs> DBs, they're still not that great at it. So hopefully they can be good enough to get themselves in winnable down and distances. We'll see. That's kind of a, a little bit of a concern maybe if you're talking about from a game planning perspective. But yeah, Justin Coleman could play. Nick Needham's played in the slot. Obviously you got corners outside, but they feel like they're five corners deep and a couple safeties deep. Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty. Patriot yeah. safety's brother is is here. He's playing safety now, I guess, oh, yeah. this year. So play a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, versatile, mm-hmm. versatility. I mean, it's just like the Patriots, right? The more you can do, what can you do? And uh, you know they're going to be coached well. You know they're going to be, you know, their technique is going to be funnily sound. It's one thing that those coaches from that tree harp on. Uh, so uh, I don't expect them to <laughs> miss many tackles when it comes when it comes time for that. And I think that's why they feel like you said so comfortable playing so many, you know, defensive backs. Uh, because they're comfortable with their tackling ability. Right. I think they feel like even from those personnel groups, you've got versatile guys like Eric Rowe and even Needham to a degree, you know, that they can still defend the run out of those looks. So it'll be up to the Bucs. And, I mean, it would be a great game to have Gronkowski because the Bucs are going to go 12 personnel whether we like it or not. But most importantly, JC, I think there's one player who could absolutely go off in this game for the Bucs and have just a, a huge performance, in my opinion. Um, and uh, 
should have had a huge performance in the last game against the Patriots. So uh, we're going to talk about him in a second here. But first, I got to talk about my 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 guys over at Living Golf Life and what they're doing with this brand, oh, man. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to see what they've done with this thing. Uh, the, they've got polos over at livinggolflife.com. Check it out if you haven't. Got polos and hats and koozies and glasses, all kinds of stuff. It's a great brand. It's comfortable stuff. I love the Golf Life hat that you see up there on the screen. It's one of my favorite hats. Absolutely love it. So go to livinggolflife.com. Check out the the all the equipment and accessories that they have over there, the apparel they have over there. It's a great brand. Makes for great presence. I know everybody in Florida likes to golf. <laughs> everybody everywhere that can <laughs> at least uh, likes to golf. And then follow them on Instagram as well. And you can see some of the kind of the newer stuff. They're coming out with some newer stuff. And you'll be able to see some of that as it's modeled if you follow them on Instagram as well. So give these guys a follow. Let them know it's all about the lifestyle for them. Getting out on the course, hitting a few around. Uh, so make sure you go out and support these guys, livinggolflife.com, and support what they're working on with that project there. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Antonio Brown, that's the guy, JC. I just think this is, again, if you're going to man up, Dolphins play man coverage more than any other team in the league. You're gonna man up. Come on, man. Like this guy's <laughs> gotta play more than 40 snaps. Like he's gotta what play a lot of the game. You gotta play an 11 personnel. Go out and get these guys. Like, don't forget about just go out and throw on them. Like Antonio Brown is not gonna get held down by any third corner from Miami. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's so frustrating, but you know they're not gonna do it. You know, Bruce even said the other day, Oh, we had some designated snaps for OJ Howard, they just never materialized, and you know, he was open a few times. They're gonna try to make OJ the showcase of this game. Watch, it's gonna be frustrating. He's gonna drop the ball a few times, and we're gonna be like, Where the heck is A B until you know the third quarter, and then they'll finally get him more involved or something. I don't know. It's so frustrating sometimes to watch how this op- offense operates. Yeah, I mean, just the personnel stuff drives me crazy. Like Tom Bucks fan, and I, yeah. I don't know, maybe he got nicked up for a play. I didn't see it, but I was watching the All-22 of this game, and there's like a third and goal. It's one where Brady ends up getting away from a Calvin Noy sack and throwing it away, I believe. I think it's that play. It's like a third and goal situation in the fourth quarter, and AB's not on the field, and Tyler Johnson is on the field. And I'm just like, what is happening? This Cody team is Gaff- manning you up in the red zone, when and Cody you don't have McElroy, your best route runner on the field. I just when Cody McElroy is getting a red zone target, what what are we doing here? That what was a 13 doing? personnel deep shot. That was a shot to Cody McElroy, and the Patriots doubled him. They just played it like they would normal personnel. They didn't adjust for people at all. That's when you don't have a difference guy like Gronkowski. They're just going to play everybody how they normally play it. But anyway, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that man. I was like, come on, like I don't. I Johnson's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I feel great about his future, but good about his future. But come on, AB, not in the game. Third and goal, man coverage, heavy team. Come on, come on. You got like, it. Just stuff doesn't have to be that hard. I didn't say he was the best Bucks receiver, Big DZ. I said he's the best route runner. So. He is. That's by far. But, but, yeah, I mean, you could say he's the best receiver, too. I don't care. Like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> th- that this is where we're at. Like, John Jones was – I tweeted this today. Like, he played admirably. It's tough. The Patriots said, hey, we're going man coverage. We don't have Stephon Gilmore. You're the fourth corner. You're up. Like, you know, we're going to – and it was just like, buddy, buddy could not keep up, like, with AB. It's just tough, tough ask. And Dolphins, they don't have anybody – he's a good corner. And Dolphins' are third corner is going to be worse. And so, you know, depending on how Miami chooses to play it, we'll see, you know, if AB's outside most of the game and they keep Byron Jones and Xavier Howard outside, then maybe, you know, he, maybe it's Godwin with a great matchup. We'll see. But I'm just saying, like, not having AB on the field, like, no. I just I can't get my right around it. You got to have him on the field. Plus, run out of 11 personnel. Like, you don't need two tight ends, especially if they're bad blockers like Braden. Howard are. Oh, they're, they're great blockers. <laughs> Didn't you hear? I mean, they blocked the tail off. I did hear. I did. Trust me. <laughs> and I watched. I watched the all 22. Cringe. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, oh, you know, they try. Both of them try. They get after people. I mean, OJ wasn't bad. Bray, Bray just has no power. Like when Dante Hightower is flying into the gaps, like he does, you know, triggers runs as fast as anybody in the league. I, you know, you're just you're gonna get knocked back if you're Cam Braid. It's just you're not gonna yeah. hold up. That guy's the size of a DN. Like, <laughs> come on. It's just not a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I feel great about the matchup for the Bucks, though. Overall, like a few small caveats aside, of which, oh, this team could beat themselves. We always do that with every matchup. But yeah, like this shouldn't be a close game. And I feel like I'll go one step further, JC, and say 
this better not be a close game. No, I think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, like I said, I think the first half might be a little bit of a, a feeling out, you know, for, for Brady, feeling out what Flores wants to do. But I fully expect this team to put up 34, 37 points. And like I said, I don't I don't think Miami scores more than 17 points. It's just the way it's going to be. I will say there's one thing that does make me nervous, though, um, and it, it really relies around Jamel Dean to the biggest extent. If he can't go, um, you know, even Bruce mentioned it that, uh, Richard Sherman got lucky up in New England. Rain, cold weather. This is going to be a hot game. It's going to be probably around right around 90 degree, degrees, real feel at least, humid. Um, his conditioning, his football shape with Richard Sherman is, is a concern of mine. Can he go wire to wire again this this hmm. week um, in this heat, in this type of, you know, obviously he'll probably know the playbook and know the, the game plan a little bit more, but the weather, the heat cramping that all especially a guy his age it, it does make me a little uh pause for some co- for some you know caution i guess i don't yeah. know what i'm trying to say there but no <laughs> you're right i mean when you have two guys that haven't played for a while you don't know how it's going to work out and you're right the heat is going to is an element that that i'm glad you brought up i think it's important especially an older player you know two older players i guess i mean sears not that old but if they're playing a lot we'll see what jamel dean's status is he's been limited i think both days and so We'll see how things trend for him, but yeah, that's yeah, that is a concern. That is something to watch for. Those guys have to play a lot because you just don't have a lot of people right now uh, that know what they're doing. So it's it's going to be a hurdle that they have to overcome, in my opinion. Speaking of overcoming hurdles, you've been uh, chatting people up a little bit here and there on uh, Spotify Green Room, huh? Haven't you talking about life and love and other <laughs> mysteries and sports and all kinds of stuff? And that's just going to continue, man. If you don't know about Spotify Green Room, it's a great social audio app that. It's changing the way we talk about sports and music and culture, all of it. You can jump in here with the Peter Report crew and grab the mic and talk yourself and uh, give us your thoughts and your opinions on things. It's a lot of fun. It's a great app. And so make sure you download on the Apple app on the App Store and get it on Google Play as well. Um, so you can follow Peter Report on there and get uh, notified when we go live with the show. It's pretty fun stuff. Yeah, it's a lot All right, JC. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's a lot of fun, uh, whether we're talking, you know, there's a betting shows on there, whether you're talking bucks, whether mm-hmm. you're talking whatever, music. It's it's, a, it's a definitely a cool app to get into. Absolutely. You know what else is cool to get into? The positive moments of this guy right here. We, <laughs> we, we give him a hard time when it doesn't go well. We do. You're going to do it? But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, JC, we're all about Leonard! <laughs> What are you doing, Leonard? You're balling out right now. What are you doing, Leonard? Watch this run he had. Look at this thing. Longest run of the buck season. Watch this cutback. Whoop. Run him over. Get out of the way. 21 yards. Leonard can run 21 yards. Let's watch it one more time. It's so beautiful. Great block by Ryan Jensen. Boom. Took Hightower out. There he goes. Cutting it back. Runs over a guy. Finishes strong behind his pads. 21 yards it felt like 41 yards watching the game right didn't it like the bucks are this is the furthest run i've yeah. seen like, yeah, this is possible wait, you know, wait. It just, it i thought run. it was a shovel pass uh, shovel pass at first i wasn't sure i'm like did they just shovel pass that but no no but no, no not to see me it a rare a run out of shotgun <laughs> makes you makes me wonder could could it be a good thing i don't know i really don't know i'm i'll Look at it. Somebody said, Justin said, you hated Leonard before this week, always changing your mind. Love-hate <laughs> relationship. He's new to the bit, I guess. It's a, it's a bit, Justin. It's a bit. Trust me. <laughs> Catch up on the last few weeks of podcasts yeah, and last right. year's podcast, too, and you'll see it's a bit. Um, but, yes, no, he's played well, for real. He's played way better the last couple of weeks. Still had a couple draws. Still is going to contend for the league lead and drop percentage this year. Last year, he led the league in drop percentage. He's still going to be out there. He's, you know, three drops. I think PFF has him with. They're pretty kind with drops, but they've got him with the league, the team leading three drops so far. So it's going to be out there with Rojo struggling. He'll be on the field a lot. He's going to be up there, but he's run better. I mean, his vision is never going to be great, but it, that was a great vision run right there and good finish. And so, That's yeah. Dancing. Right. I mean, like, hey, look, it is what it is. This is never going to be a great rushing team, but he, what he's done as a pass protector this year, the improvements he's made for the first time in his career, really. Very encouraging, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully he doesn't get Brady killed this week. But, um, yeah, it's been things moving kind of in the right direction for him in terms of the, the few things he could improve at, really, which is running after the catch has been good this year and, and pass protection. Those are two areas yeah. I felt like he actually maybe had in his wheelhouse to get better at, and he's been better in those two areas. So give him credit. Uh, it's been it's been uh, nice crazy. nice to see. 
because he it's not like he wasn't a couple of years removed from a 60 plus cat you know pass catching season with, with the 70 Jaguars. or something yeah, yeah like oh yeah i mean yeah, yeah they, jaguars didn't have anybody they just threw him the ball all the time they didn't have anything else he just lost <laughs> it for a year and a half i don't know what happened well uh, he's i mean he still got targeted i think bruce is kind of right in that like he can catch he's made some nice catches but it's just team. yeah yeah that's crazy but he has just he'll just it's focused stuff like Bruce said like it's just he'll take his eyes off the ball and you know try, trying to look to get upfield or you know. we've got a lot of questions about Geo and about Ronald Jones' confidence. What are your thoughts on that before we head out of here? Does Geo play this game and did that touchdown kind of you know settle Ronald Jones's nerves a little bit and now he can go back out there because we know this guy is a guy who is you know really you know. I hate to say it's sensitive and, you know, he loses his confidence in himself. Did, did that, did that bring him back? You think, and will Gio see the field? Uh, yeah. Gio will see the field. I, if he plays, I think he'll play limited last two days. I think he'll play. I feel, I think he and Jamal Dean will play. I, did too. I think JPP might suit up just because he'll be so obnoxious about it all week, but with the coaches, but <laughs> he be. he'll be in their ear all week. Um, but he's going to be a pitch count for him. I, and I would just sit, I would rest him. I wouldn't even. Same. I'd let him get back out and do be limited, but I wouldn't play him this week. I'll let him stretch and then tell him um, to sit down. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about Pat O'Connor though. Plays on every special team. Yes, group. that's huge. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, not a guy who's missed much, not since I've been covering the team. And he anyway. looks so good in preseason. I'm surprised they haven't figured out how to get him on the field for some for more defense. So snaps. many guys, they they I love know. McClendon, man. Let's get him out there for 15 <laughs> snaps. <laughs> um, and I don't think Gronk's going to play this week. If I had to guess. Yeah, what about I, don't Rojo? Think, I don't think Winfield's going to play this week. Obviously, the top two corners won't play. Rojo, you know, it's getting to the point with Rojo that, like, you can't put him out. Like, he's pass protection every game. He almost got Brady killed this last game, blew it on Hightower. I was going to put it in for today. Actually, I forgot. Um, blew, blew the block on Hightower. Um, you know, I'm just – I you. it's hard, like – if teams get him in, I wonder like if they're going to start like, oh, it's a key. Like when he's in, we're going to blitz if they, th you know, I don't know, like a late add on or something like that. If yeah. you're playing man coverage, like these two teams will be, it's just going to be, you're going to have to survive him basically on passing downs. You can't only have men on rushing downs. You know, you cool. can be your short yardage back, but. And that's the thing about Rojo too. It's always been about predictability, right? Yeah. You know, if, if he's out there, they're going to run the ball most likely. And when he's, you know, and like you said, if he's out there and, and lined up in the backfield and it looks like a clear passing down, you know, you, you got to send the house, right? You got to, yeah. you got to at least send multiple guys on his side and, and, and try to get, get Brady down. I don't know. Is he becoming a liability now? Like, oh, yeah, he's, he's been a liability. No, but I <laughs> mean, just to have in the game, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I do think he's a talented runner, but at the end of the day, dude, like it's just this team doesn't do anything well enough when they run the football to even take advantage of those traits enough to justify having him on the field that much. So it's just hard. Like, you know, you're you're looking for the guy that hurts you the least on what you do the most, and they pass more than they run, and Lenny hurts him less than Rojo does in those situations. So, and Geo, you know, is, is an asset, obviously, if he can play. Um, so. Now, <laughs> now he's now he's a liability. Well, I mean, I've been been a liability since he's been in Tampa Bay. I know, but I think like no, this year, you. like it's you know, it's yeah. enough is enough. But no, I think Gio. I can't wait to see more of him though. Too, I just, I, I think you unlock Pandora's box for Bruce after yeah. that after that Rams game, and I think he's gonna want to yeah. see a lot more Gio, which is good for this offense. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's just better for it. Yeah, I get you for sure. Uh, thoughts on Donovan Smith before we leave? I think he's having a great year, Justin. Yes. I think he's playing really, really well. I mean, there's I'm always going to be – Yeah, he's never going to be a top – you know, you only get noticed at offensive line if you played – if you gave up something. That's all. That's it. You know, every every offensive line that's ever given up a sack is just, like, kind of bad in the eyes of people who watch. But he's played really, really well. The baseline has been higher. You know, it's – again, he's never going to be a tier one tackle, you know. He's graded as a, as a top top ten off, uh, left tackle in the league so far by PFF. Right, that's wrong, six. but <laughs> <laughs> but he's still good. Sorry, you know, Trevor, he's, talk yeah. to your people. <laughs> yeah, Tra Trevor's fault. He did this, um, but yeah, he's still good. I mean, he's still a good player. Yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll never be top you know ten left tackle in the league to me. You know, probably, but he'll probably always be in that next group. That's he's a couple years now. He's been where I guess I shouldn't say that because it depends who's in it and who's out of tackle in terms of injuries and stuff, but. Yeah, I'd say he'll probably always be in that 
that eight to 14 range. I think he's, he doesn't dip lower than that. Like he used to. And the last couple of years, he's just a solid left tackle. They're paying him like one. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do. He, no drop off after the last extension. That's, that's a real good sign. He started season slow. This is the best he started the season in a while. And yeah, Brady helps, but I think he's playing well. I mean, I think Werfs has played well the last two weeks. The first two weeks, I thought he was just kind of like, okay, by his rookie season Damn, standards. Yeah. And the last two weeks he's been dominant. Crazy. So, has been okay, which is still dominant yeah. right tackle. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Still, yeah. Still one of the best right tackles in the league for sure. Um, so yeah, no, we'll uh, we dive into this one pretty deep in terms of the matchup. Let's do predictions real quick and get out of here. I'm gonna say Bucks 35 to 35 to 13. How do you even score 35 points? They're gonna get a safety. How do you score 35 points? You score five touchdowns, Jason. <laughs> five extra points. Gosh, you're not a math guy. Right? I'm not a math guy. I don't math well. No, I think 35 is not a very weird one. 35-13. Uh, what are you saying? 34-17. 34-17. Uh, okay, yeah, so you think they're giving up the dreaded 70. Right, I, right, I, right, I right. do. I do. I mean, okay, drop your predictions in the chat down here. Uh, we're going to have a full slate of show um of shows uh coming up this week on sunday uh the game is at 1 p.m the pewter pregame show will be live at noon uh for that so we'll be breaking everything down at noon and then we're going to go with you through the game as we always do uh so they're getting you for 35 <laughs> get this man how do you get 35 how do you add those? i don't know I don't how do you know. add those i'm a math teacher if he needs tutoring as well um uh, no we'll have the pewter pregame show going uh on at noon on sunday and then we'll go with you through the game so one to four or whatever it is however long the game goes we'll be with you throughout the game breaking everything down uh myself and paul atwell will be x's and o's scheme player evaluation we're talking all as it happens we do giving you some play-by-play breaking down certain plays as it happens so it's going to be a lot of fun going through the game with us uh, pull us up we'll be live on youtube make sure you're subscribed pewter report tv on youtube uh, click that subscribe button click the bell for the notifications to so make sure you get those when we go live uh, and spread the word about us too spread the word and tell people hey this is a really cool thing that's going on and then right after the game uh actually i would actually say not right after the game for the one o'clock game. It's been so long since there was a one o'clock game. I forgot this. <laughs> we'll actually do the post game podcast in the evening that night, like as the four o'clock games are ending before the eight, the eight twenty football game or whatever at night, Sunday night game. So we'll probably be live at like seven thirty PM on Sunday for the post game podcast. So you're not like interrupt in the middle of your day with the post game podcast and everybody can plan to kind of jump in that seven thirty at night. So we'll be on for that one in the evening. Um, for the post-game podcast. So we'll have a full slate of shows, pre-game, in-game, post-game, all of it coming up on Sunday to cover Bucks and Dolphins better than anybody else out there. So we're pumped for it, excited for it. We appreciate you all getting JC in the chat, as you always do. And we appreciate you all uh, tuning in for the show and for another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.